Lightning Strikes Thrice is part of the Pitch Drop Podcast Network, please check out our Patreon page and consider supporting us at patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. You are listening to Lightning Strikes Thrice, a Final Fantasy Thirteen series game club podcast. This is episode 9, covering the Vile Peak side quest, the DLCs, and the post-game content of Final Fantasy Thirteen Two. I am your host, Chris Taylor, and with me is... Matt Marcus. And Fletcher! Alright, so since this is kind of a grab bag episode, let's just start off with the Vile Peak side quest, which we should have talked about last time, but the ending was so long. Mm-hmm. So the side quest starts in the Arcolite step. There's that locked uh, wild artifact gate, and to activate it, you have to activate four or five Cactuar stones in the Arcolite step, a bunch of which are locked behind weather gates and require you to have the anti-gravity jump from uh, returning to Academia 4XXAF, I believe. Uh, uh, you don't need yes. the jump, but what you have to do if you don't have the jump is there's yellow a specific a yellow Cactuar statue that you could warp there it's really annoying to do so you should probably do wait till you have the jump <laughs> yeah we keep the fucking you can get a chocobo to get across there but it also requires you to do everything else to unlock the gate yeah it's kind of obnoxious and i don't know why for a long time i couldn't ride a chocobo in this uh area for i don't know what flag i didn't trip so like i walked you know or ran all the way while like avoiding battles for at least an hour trying to do these uh these other giant cactuars. The reason you couldn't ride a chocobo is you have to unlock all of the gate stones. So you have to do the thing you would want a chocobo for to get a chocobo. Well, at least you'd only have to do it once and not like 10 times. Like I did it. Yeah. 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 So after we get all the cactuar, also this area has like the, the most hidden wild artifact in the game. Oh yeah. That's such a dick move. Uh, I mean, it's not the hardest item to see. Like, there are some items where you have to, especially like in the Academia Tower. Not, or, oh my god, Augusta not the Academia Tower. tower. Yeah, Augusta off. Tower, where it's like, how do I? How was I supposed to know that was there? Jesus, oh, those ones are fucking bullshit too, because you have to land a mog directly on top of it. Right, and it's like such a long toss that you can't even see the where the, like the marker lands. You have to aim too far up to see it on camera. Oh, it's, it's rough. So. 
we open the gate, we go through the gate, and we go to Vile Peaks 200 AF. Back in 10 AF, Vile Peaks, there was a large distortion that appears. The Academy was sent in to analyze the distortion, and in the process, a squad of six elite soldiers vanished. Anyway, our job throughout the Vile Peaks is to find these six chuckle fucks and fix the paradox that has sent them throughout time. Mm-hmm. The first guy you're going to run into is Torreno, who is not, in fact, the really good one from Dragon Quest IV. Nor is he the racist guy. Nor is he Dom Toretto from Fast and the Furious. Sorry, that racist guy was a joke about Gran Torino. Oh, gotcha. <laughs> there we gotcha. go. There you go. You should have gone with arguing with I a chair. I don't know why anyone would have gotten that. <laughs> well, Torino, Torino. Anyhow, sure. Okay. Um, blah, blah, blah. From the past, catches us up. We now have to start chasing the soldiers around. Because the next one, Falcon, tells us that a shadow attacked their ship. And we find Corporal Thunder inside oh, w- the back of this place. It's not in this document, but he is explicitly given the rank of captain. It is Captain Falcon. (laughs) Uh, Oh, that's pretty good. (laughs) They don't ever say the phrase Captain Falcon. They say our captain, comma, Falcon. Does he punch things? (sighs) I don't think he punches anything. I'm disappointed. No. No, he's kind of a baby. Corporal Thunder is actually the, like, Cor- Corporal Thunder gets it done. Mm-hmm. Anyhow, Corporal Thunder is watching over a big black hell portal, and we're told that they, we should probably do something to fix this so we can find the rest of the guys. So we have to go talk to Falcon again. He gives us a compass in case we need to identify ourselves, and that's all we can do here. So we have to go through the gate that we opened in the Arcolite Step, which is why we started there, which is the Vile Peaks 10 AF, where the whole issue originated. Mm -hmm. Because these guys got not just strewn across the area, but strewn across the area through time. Mm -hmm. So we go into the Vile Peaks 10 AF. Yeah, and I believe one of the guys says, I won't trust you. Bring me back an item from one of the other guys, and then I will continue this quest. So, like, you're you're looking for specific guys, although they all look the same. <laughs> yeah. And you're revealing them with the uh, Mog reveal most of the time. We're back at 10 AF. It's wintry. We're getting the uh, the snow effect like we saw in, I believe, it was Brescia 300 AF. And yeah. with yeah. the compass in hand, the player will be able to locate the other three squad members and find the source of the distortion. And when we get there, we find there is an Odin there, but like a pretty badass, evil, chaos-looking Odin. No, he's fucking, it's fucking awesome. <laughs> it's rad. It's, it's like actually if an SMT rad. Odin walked into this game. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, it's uh, very cool. And, but uh, also if he was still a dumb robot horse. Oh, I mean, yeah, of course he's still a robot horse. Like, what else I would do he be? dumb robot horse is half of SMT. You'll have to be more specific. <laughs> Fair That's enough. fair. That's fair. <laughs> but uh, as Hi, uh, this Fafnir, beep boop. <laughs> so we fight him now. And at least one version does of a lot him. of damage, like a lot. Yeah, he's very strong. You do two of these fights and they're both very, very tough, especially if you do this before you finish the game and like do a couple of more cycles around your, uh, your little constellation uh, Crystarium. But uh, while you're fighting, there's this brief cutscene 
where uh, Lightning is watching in her, uh, you know, Valkyrie guys from before. And like we didn't mention this, but Lightning is narrating a bit of this, and she's sort of like the linchpin for this whole little side quest because, well, should, should we talk about like the, the theming of this group of the strike team? Yeah, whatever. Yeah. yeah, I was about to sign my way through that. Yeah, well, anyway, like, so I don't remember exactly whether or not these guys work directly with Lightning or were just inspired by her. I think Thunder is the only one that explicitly okay. worked with her. Okay, yeah. So they basically named the strike team after uh, Lightning and all of her abilities. Like, there's a guy who's called Blitz. I don't know if you guys noticed it, like, the first time you saw one of the names, but, like, as you keep going, you realize, oh, everybody's named after things related to Lightning. I'll be honest. I did not catch on until it was handed directly to me because I'm an idiot. I picked <laughs> up on the back half because Thunder was the first tip off, but then you get Blitz. Blitz is uh, like, pretty oh, funny. Oh, God. You know, I might have caught on if there was like Lieutenant Thundaga, but. <laughs> <laughs> uh, or or who, who's Army Certain of One? Army of One. <laughs> yes. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? <laughs> That's probably what it would have taken for me, to be honest. There there couldn't be a Sergeant Army of One because he's no one's slave. Uh, well, uh, uh. well, you know what? <laughs> what he does in his off time is not something we discuss private. Abolish the military. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so anyway, that's, I don't know. I thought that was cool because, like, a lot of times, you know, this whole game is about finding lightning, right? But then nobody remembers lightning, period being around there's so much of like she's erased from history that is the plot so it's having so long a, you can forget that lightning is around i know <laughs> so like and she doesn't really do much in this game so i thought it was cool that like she was around long enough to make an impression on people and have a legacy in the cocoon military i thought that was but it's also a little weird because like she was like a sergeant for a day right because she gets promoted and then it's her birthday and then all the shit goes down and then, you know, she's only like 21 years old. So, like, it's not like she had time to do shit. <laughs> also, she patrolled the backwater. Yeah. Also, why also, is she so impactful? This is I, one I of the know. only times in the game where Lightning speaks with new dialogue is this weird side quest that is completely optional. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's okay, because yeah. Lightning is not a very good character. Oh, no. you'll see next game. No. She's just kind of there. Or not there, as the case may be. It only took it only took three video games in three thousand years, but Lightning finally has some pathos. I'm just saying, Lightning Returns. <laughs> Lightning is an unforgettable protagonist. Mm-hmm. Sure, but only because she's the same person, and everyone else in the world calls her out for being an emotionally stunted weirdo. Yeah, that's why it <laughs> rules. <laughs> you want me to walk over ten feet and tell your father to buy you a steak? Yeah. Oh, my God. (laughs) Matt, it's incredible. They write lightning exactly the same way they have, but everyone else is aware of how that's weird. That's that's great, actually. It's fucking incredible. Like, I'm getting flashbacks to to Squall in Final Fantasy VIII, where everyone's just like, why are you such a weirdo? (laughs) I'm dying, Squall. (laughs) Whatever. (laughs) All right, let's keep let's keep rolling. All right. So we go back to 200 AF after we figure out what's going on after somebody tells Chris Taylor the the joke. And Corporal Thunder is dead, but the shadowy void has been lifted and Odin's here and you fight Odin again because they spent a lot of money on animating Odin the one time. 
Mm-hmm. Ah. So we kill him. We solve the distortion. And we go back to the entrance to talk with the soldiers. Uh, along the way, you can find a strange red figure that just happens to be Saz. And he just oh, talks yeah. to her as though it's like a fucking voicemail message. This is DLC related, I think. I think you run into this a couple of times where there'll just be like a DLC character hanging out and you get to have. A, uh-huh. Yeah, it's like a one way voice message. And then like they go, oh, I wonder what that's about. <laughs> OK, <laughs> you know what? That makes it even better now. Now that I've seen a lot of nerds mad that story content that should have been in the game was paid DLC and all of it is not great. I mean, not all of it's not great. Just we'll get there. We'll get there. Just 90 percent. Just 90 percent of it is good. And then there's like another two percent. That's a card game. That's really good. That's most of it. Oh, it's so fucking Oh, it's so fucking good. All right. Well, anyway, so we talked to Saz, and he tells us some shit that I forgot to write down. I mean, it's mostly, hey, Sarah, what's up? Uh, I'm around. Uh, I'll try to help, I guess. You know, it's it's not worth remembering. Going to the store. We'll be home late today. <laughs> uh, yeah. And so, I mean, it's just, it's color, I guess. Like, character. Fucking I know. racist. I know. I know it, but also like lightning's around too. Like you can find this for lightning. I I think you can find. Is there a snow one too? I didn't see. No, he gets a scene in the Coliseum, which does very little unless you have the DLC. I mean, I yeah, we'll we'll talk about that scene. But yeah, yeah. the Coliseum snow is weird. Yeah, that is weird because there's there's fake snow in real snow, which is how I referred to it. Having been watching The Good Place, we just have fake snow in real snow. <laughs> Well, then also there's fake lightning and there's fake, there's a whole lot of stuff. But anyway, it, it's weird. And then you can talk to lightning. Lightning oh, yeah. is there and she tells you some more generic JRPG platitudes and exp- oh, that's right. And tells you more about the game we already played regretfully. And that's the side quest. We only talked about it because Twilight Odin is dope. And then we didn't talk about that at all. Well, and in Twilight, we forgot to mention you get Twilight Odin as a uh, monster. Which yeah. uh, it's very good, except for the fact that you're going to spend way too much money, you know, trying to uh, get him to the point where he's statistically useful as a commander. Yeah, if you're me, he makes the final dungeon super hard until you just say, fine, I guess I won't use this really cool dude. Yeah, but the thing is, he's completely obviated by another commando monster we're going to pick up during this DLC talk. So I know. I don't know. It's okay. Fuck <laughs> it. It's lightning. It's, it's lightning. We're not spoil. It's not spoilers. We're going to talk about it in the next fifteen it's, minutes. It's, it's yeah, Valkyrie I said that in lightning. So two that I was carrying her around. That's yeah, true. For- That's true. Oh yeah, it's true. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, no. Like, there's no point to even use chaos if you want that Odin swag. <laughs> you take Odin, <laughs> but then again, like, you should just get lightning. It's much easier to to do that. Uh, I'm sorry. Did you just describe Odin like he was some kind of rapper's bling necklace? No, yeah, no, you just want to you just want to walk with that Odin swag, you know. You want to roll with that posse. You get Jesus. your robot horse snap back, and you're good to go. Oh my god! <laughs> I am ninety percent sure a snapback is a hat. It is right. No, no, <laughs> no. Wait, I'm thinking of a clapback. Never mind. Maybe. Uh, okay. All right. All wait. Right. Now that we got that squared away, what is? I don't. Okay. Whatever. <laughs> no, you might be right on that. No, yeah, yeah snapback no, snap is like the, is the hat. The hat. The with the with the snap plastic back is hat, clap back is an insult. Corbin, save us with your podcast. 
next thing up in our fucking grab bag of some shit that maybe we shouldn't record an episode about, there are a <laughs> bunch of paradox endings. We covered most of them during the show. Well, did we? We um, talked about Atlas. We talked, we talked about, about the Flan. Flan. What the fuck is Beneath a Timeless Sky? That's the one I just watched. Uh, that's the one where when you're Sarah and you're fighting Noel one-on-one, you beat him with the Paradox Scope on, and then you end up stuck at when you fight Dying Noel? World. Caius. Sorry, Caius. I, I said Noel. Yeah, you, you fight Caius oh. one-on-one in uh, the Void Beyond, and then you end up at the end of time stuck. Okay. And that's about it. <laughs> it's not really that interesting. There's three of them during that sequence, and most of them suck. Okay, the future is hope is the academia one where it's time yeah. cup. Yep, time fate cup. and freedom. What is that? That is... oh, is that the uh, when you stay with lightning? Yeah. Yes. Okay, yeah. we talked about that. What is test subjects? That is when you lose to the AI in Academia Tower. Well, you, what happens there? You kill the AI, but then you lose anyway. <laughs> if you have the paradox scope on and you continue goofing off instead of doing the actual yell for hope. It basically goes, yeah, the thing iterated enough that eventually our heroes were worn down and died, so it made, uh, let's see, copies of them to send out and fuck with the time stream. Yep. Okay. And they like, there's a bit about them slowly remembering their personality as they get sent out again and again. So they're, they got memory wiped, and then they're learning their memories, you know, taking their memories back bit by bit, but the computer also knows that. <laughs> so, I think what you dark. mean is they are thinking machines, learning computers. Sure. That's my least favorite Rush song. Sorry, I like perpetually am continually quoting Mr. DNA from Jurassic Park. Mm. That's fair. I just want to make a Rush reference. Why? Who doesn't like Rush? Rush is so middling. What? They're so middling, they're and funny. I like Prague. What? <laughs> I don't. They have not a, to be a rough snob about end it. of their career, but they're pretty damn good. Okay, I'm not trying to be. I am going to be a snob about <laughs> it, actually. All right. Fucking en- entry level garbage. <laughs> You have to get in somewhere, and there's nothing wrong with fondness for what brought you to it. Nobody starts with a Mastodon album. What if he did? (laughs) You're lying. (laughs) (laughs) No! There's only the one Mastodon album that I would recommend you start with. Look, Chris, some some kids' first albums were Kiss, so, like, just let it No, it's Crack the Sky, 10,000 Days, or In the Court of the Crimson King. Done. Pick one of those three. Don't do Rush. It's bad. You count Moody Blues as Prague. They're kind of Prague. Moody Blues is definitely Prague. But like a different style of Prague. We're not even talking about Yes at all. <laughs> well, that's because Yes is also not very good. Yes like is yes. very wildly hit or miss. I'm they are very fond of drama. Okay, what if I told you that a good Yes album is just a bad Soft Machine album? Then I would ask you who's you Soft know, Machine. I can't refute that. <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> I'll have to go look up Soft Machine. On then. the other hand, Drama is still one of my favorite albums. Look, I like some I like some garbage prog music, okay? Like, fuck it, what's that Dream Theater album that's four 20-minute songs? Scenes from a memory? Aww. Close enough. Yeah, that, that album's not very good, but I like it a lot. <laughs> mm-hmm. no, I'm just now thinking of it as a giant weed joke because of how you summed that up. Uh, what? Four 20-minute songs? God. <laughs> this podcast is over. God, no. 13, two. This, this is a paradox Oops, ending paradox of our podcast. The podcast. God, damn, <laughs> we both made the same joke. Yep. <laughs> All right. So what's Vanille's truth? I heard there's a lot of naked vanille in it. Well, I mean, naked crystal vanille. Yeah. So 
This is when you go to Wereba 200 AF with the Paradox Scopon and you uh, dunk on Caius, which is always fun when you get to dunk on Caius. The two end up walking around Wereba. They find Vanille's statue who telepathically talks to them and says... Why is she there? I, I don't know. I mean, uh-huh. this is a Paradox, you know, time shit. Who knows? But anyway, she's there and she's saying... Basically telling us what we learned in the last game, which is that she was a uh, weak of character. And uh, because of that, Fang ended up becoming uh, Ragnarok the first time around and then couldn't save her the second time around. And basically says, Sarah, can you can you help me? And Sarah says, yes. And, you know, she's in her crystal, like naked crystal state. And there's a lot of shots of the camera where you can really see how shapely her buttocks is. And it's very uncomfortable. But how is that a paradox ending? Like, where is the where is the time like game ending thing that happens? I think you, you kill, kill Caius. Caius, and thus the world is just allowed to be peaceful and weird. Yeah. Okay. Whatever. But I don't think it stops like the cocoon falling stuff. I think that's still like in the timeline. Nope. Anyway, it's just there so that no, it wouldn't be. No. All right. You know, it really bothers me that you had to hand wave that with time shit because <laughs> let's the, the most internally consistent time thing I have engaged with is Final Fantasy thirteen two, which is weird to say. So here's a thing that I have a suspicion about for one or two of these paradox endings. You know how in thirteen the animation team got done with their work early, and so everyone had to work around what they had created. Hmm. I kind of suspect one or two of these paradox endings, like this one especially, are just, yeah, we, we had a render from earlier in the plot and things changed, so we just put it here at, behind a boss fight. But the thing is, this is all in-engine. This isn't uh, this isn't CG. Well, no, but I, I get the feeling that someone recorded lines or something, oh, and then I it's mean, like, yeah. all right, we, we still want to use these assets. I mean, it's just very funny that Vanille, okay, so there's Fang and Vanille. They get talked about a lot because they're in a pillar and they're in the pillar they're trying to save and they show up for two seconds in the main plot. And then they decided to also then stick a little bit of extra vanille here. I mean, you're you're probably right that they like there, there is definitely a sense of having finished the game now and looking back on it. There were a lot of threads and places they could have gone and then just didn't. And I think that is a, a time or money thing. I really think this is part of a script rewrite, and earlier on, those two focused in more, and this is just cut from that. And then we realize that women are more motivating when they're not present at all. (sighs) Uh, Back in the crystal! I mean, that's why Sarah's uh, such a good teacher, the fact that she leaves for the entire game with those children doing nothing. (laughs) Yeah, they're just fucking... Just what playing marbles. Oh god, now I'm trying to imagine, like, one of the other Nora guys playing Substitute. Oh, man. <laughs> it's the cat. It's Amadar. The cat. Amadar is just filling in. That would be very funny. Amadar seems like the most likable character in the Final Fantasy thirteen universe. Well, I mean, Amadar... Uh, I have a friend who loves Nabot. <sighs> That's weird. Nabot's not a good character, though. Does this friend just jerk off to Nabot? Is that what we're talking about? I don't He's know. Prob- I'd have to ask her. Okay. Uh, I mean, like... The answer is probably uh, yes. I'm well, I mean, imagine... No, no. It's not Amadar, though. It's, uh, like, the uh, Captain Quiz or whatever the hell his name is. Yeah. Captain Quiz? Did you not see this, uh, this side quest? No! Oh, dude. So, How? like, there's a side quest in Academia 4XXAF, and basically you see Amadar... A place I spent no time in because it was too big. Yeah, I ran around oh. a lot. 
there's a lot of stuff in there. Yeah. But like, yeah, so somebody who looks exactly like Amadar, who, who hides around, you have to like reveal him with Mog, and he asks you quiz questions, and then you have to like go find him again. But it's like infuriating to find him. He's like very, very yeah. hidden. And a lot of the spots, you really have to look it up on a guide in order to figure it out because he's like hiding in storefronts. Or yeah, he's he's got like 15 spots he can be in. You only oh need God. to do 10 of these. They that randomize. awful. It's bad. It's, it's sucks, bad, but, but it's, it's a very easy bit of CP and reward for doing his quest line. I'm not even playing this game anymore, and I still felt motivated by the f- phrase CP. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but the, the worst part of it is that there are like, you know, you know, running around the like the southeastern area, like where the where the shops are. Nope. And then like, you know, nope, that area nope, like, nope, 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 like there's there's so yeah, many the map becomes completely useless. Right, exactly. And he's, yeah. there's about like there's three spots in the left side of the map. There's one spot like inside the hallway to like the academia center. And then all the other places are like little hiding spots in that zone. And the only guide you can get when you're running around, like the NPCs would be like, I saw a weird dude on the West side of the city. And it's like, if he says on the East side, you know, go fuck yourself. You're going to have to find this guy. <laughs> like, oh, God. but anyway, his, his tone and his style of delivery is very amusing. And, but yeah, I think he calls himself like, uh, Oh God, what is it? I think it's Captain Quiz. It could be I think it is else. Captain Quiz. Hey, that's... hey, Chris, you want to know the yes. even worse part of that? Is it no? He has oh. two trick questions that he plays, which are left or right or yes or no, and based on how they are structured, whether the two answers are vertical or horizontal, tells you what the answer is. No, yeah, that's the same thing as Brain Blast. Yeah. That's the even or odd black or... Yeah, red or black. That's the exact same thing, except if you do that and screw it up, you now have to go scavenger hunt him again. Yeah. And then remember which one was wrong. Right. And the I there are fewer of those with him, though. I didn't run into any of those. I don't I think I ran into one of those when I did this quest. His name's Captain Cryptic. It's not Captain. Okay, that's pretty good. (laughs) Captain Cryptic is pretty okay. As opposed to Captain Crypto, the Bitcoin superhero. Oh, God. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> is that oh, that's why the, that's why the pc version runs so poorly <laughs> captain, <laughs> captain, Crypt, captain crypto fucking all up in your cpu killing your dudes damn it oh that's pretty good oh. uh, all right anyway that's a that's a sidetrack <laughs> we got one we got one let i don't know why but i still think i'm in your base killing your dudes is incredibly funny i mean eh, sure uh, Someone called me out on making a penny arcade joke earlier, so. Whatever. Fuck you. Yeah. It's cla- classic StarCraft Maymay. Don't worry about it. <laughs> uh, there, There's one more paradox ending we haven't talked about, and that's Air to Chaos. Yeah, what is chaos. it? Air to Chaos. And this is during that same section in uh, Void Beyond where the team is split up and Noel ends up fighting Caius. This is the one where you're Noel. Yeah, you're Noel yep. and you beat Caius, and then you're basically sent to... Uh, time purgatory right like he's okay he's stuck in a void he's basically stuck floating he's got the heart of chaos cool but he's like stuck in the floating rings matrix uh-huh and then he there's a voiceover being like oh i gotta save yule and i gotta save caius and uh oh yeah by the way sarah's also a, another yule now like permanently and uh i guess i'm gonna have to figure this shit out perma yule perma yule oh my god yule is a roguelike <laughs> 
You use your powers three times and then permadeath, and then you spawn a new one. Oh, uh, that's pretty good. Someone get on that. She does have, she does have, she's like, she's not really a roguelike. She's like a roguelite because she has persistence across runs in form, in the form of Caius upgrades, so, but. So it's like Yule Legacy? <laughs> yeah. It's Yule Legacy. <laughs> <laughs> Next chunk of bullshit. Let's get to some DLC. There is a DLC for the Coliseum, which is very funny because if you don't have it, you can just go back to the Coliseum forever and the Arbiter of Time will always say, come back later. Yep. Yeah, so the Coliseum is 50% here's some fan service for longtime series fans and 50% these are battle engine puzzles. Some mm. of these are just very straightforward. All right, wreck this guy, like Omega, uh, Ultros and Typhon, Lightning and Amadar, etc. Some of them are you have to do a very specific thing that's almost a glitch, but it just involves working out how to trick the mechanics of this character. Like Poo Poo. Poo Poo, Gilgamesh. Oh god, his name is Poo Poo! Well, I mean, their name. Yeah. There's more than one this time. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, this is a series where a recurring mascot is called Mog and Squeaks. So it's not like this series doesn't do a lot of weird things with cute characters. Yeah. And like Poo Poo is a pretty deep cut, too. I I, I know Poo Poo from Final Fantasy VIII. Did, do they show up anywhere else? No. Okay, That's so it. Just, just a call back to eight. Yeah. OK. And I wasn't sure like Omega looked a little bit close to like the spider monster from the Dalit mission, but not quite. So um, eh. Omega is using the design from FF5. Gotcha. OK. FF10 had best Omega. Yeah, I don't think you can say anything about FF10 having best super bosses. No, but it has best uh, like best Omega design. FF10 aesthetic is very busy in a way that I like. I'm going to look this up because I cannot remember what separates it in my head. Shit, I can't do that because of the fact that I'm the one who's supposed to be narrating the majority of this section. Okay, oh, I see sure it. you can. I see sure it. you can. Just right, go, go I, Google it. I see exactly what that is. That's not. Uh, that's not bad. That's it okay. Just looks very armored. Yeah, it's like how they have best Bahamut in that game. But that's also mm-hmm. Omega weapon, not Omega. Oh, Omega oh, is straight off. up a thing out of. FF5. Oh, isn't that the giant ball in nine? No, that's Ozma. I don't know. I've never played nine. Oh, that's Ozma. That's the one mainline game I have never played. It's, it's good. Bad. It's the worst one. I think it's fine. But I played a lot. I know ago. a lot of people love it. Everything about it turns me off looking at it. OK, here's the problem with FF9. It is the worst implementation of character stuff. It It is like 
You know how Final Fantasies have this problem where characters have plot arcs and then they just hang out for the rest of the game with nothing to do? That's yeah, it's like a JRPG every thing. Yeah, it's a JRPG yeah, thing. Yeah, no, but FF9 does it so much worse. Oh, boy. Mm. Like, Steiner is the worst example. It just immediately stops having any personality the second his plot arc is over. Well, then, well, except for, like, a small bit with, like, Beatrix at the end of the game, I guess. But that's minor. Sure, but that's like Zidane having characterization in the ending cutscene when he dies on a hot dog or whatever. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm sorry, now I want, I'm just going to believe this is canon, that the hero of FF9 chokes on a hot dog and dies in the ending sequence. Wait, isn't that, wait, no. No, it's no. Final, wait, what is his name in Final Fantasy VIII? Who, specifically? Doesn't one of those dudes choke on a hot dog in the end of Final oh, Fantasy Oh, Zell, VIII? Zell, he's like, he's choking, Zell. he doesn't die, yeah, his name's Zell. He's got okay. a, he, he's the uh the blonde dude who has the the Mike Tyson uh face tattoo. Gotcha. What if what if he did die on hot dog and that was canon? The rest of the ending cutscene <laughs> is just his fucking funeral. Everyone refers <laughs> I know people who refer funny. to that game as being about a dead guy though. The the second disc theory. It's it's oh, not God. though. I mean I, I love the Squall's Dead theory because it's so close to being true by accident, but it's not. <laughs> oh yeah okay it's ff8 has got some real plot problems oh i love that game but yes like it has fucking so r equals problems. u being like an almost completely true theory also yeah. uh that game so <sighs> we fight some guys though the best part of this dlc is the huge intro cutscene. yeah the yes. intro cutscene's is great actually it takes so long though i just like how long is this going on for and i check my phone and then it's still happening five minutes later all of these bosses show up and basically get a fucking wrestling entrance and pose inside the giant empty coliseum and then the arbiter just goes all right have fun fighting well and, uh, and then also like yeah like lightning and amadar show up and then noel and sarah show up and like they're on the monster side facing <laughs> lightning and amadar which i thought was an interesting touch yeah well they are tamers the only fights in here I thought were suit pretty cool was uh, actually Nabot, Poo Poo, and uh, Ultros had some interesting mechanics where he just covers your fucking screen like a Nintendog assist trophy. <laughs> That's fun. Yeah, I'm, I'm just going to go through these real quick because nobody wants yeah. to hear about actual in-depth mechanics on the... Um... I'm, no, I'm, I am interested in the vague solution, because for a bunch of these, mm -hmm. right, like, I figured out the problem and how I would solve it, but I still required more numbers to input the solution. Right. That's and some I was of not, them. I was not interested like, in doing The that. only one of these I actually did, uh, I did the Lightning Amidar fight, and I won the fight, but I got zero stars, and so I'm like, I was trying to do it just to get Lightning, and I'm like... Fuck, this isn't worth it. And then I didn't do any of the other ones because I was doing other side stuff. I did that one, but only so I could get lightning and infuse her soul into a robot. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing we also have to discuss about this. <laughs> Wait, is so is that a version update? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, for sure. <laughs> Fuck it. Uh, that's a flash in the firmware. Uh, that's a that's a that's oh, a deep God. cut mechanics joke. <laughs> that was a bad lightning pun too. Uh, yeah, it was. I was yeah. very yeah. proud of it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> All right, you were saying. <laughs> You're welcome. All right. Omega. Omega's a... Oh, that was the thing I was going to say. So, one thing that sucks about these is that you would think, being paid DLC, it would be, if you win the fight, you get the guy as your uh, as a monster summon. 
No, they no. have a random drop chance just like every other monster. Wait, they do? I thought it was based on your stars. I think it raises with stars, but you can definitely yeah. have to do this repeatedly to get a guy. Because I, yeah, I I had trouble getting the other lightning the first time I, I beat it. But I was told, at least I looked it up on Google, it said that you needed to five star in order to get a... The, uh, the monster crystal, which was... I uh, definitely five-starred Ultros twice at least. Oh, that's terrible. To get his crystal. I got Nabot, which was great. And then Nabot was not good. Yeah. And if anyone has forgotten, just because we're throwing this name out like she's uh, such a huge character, Nabot is the villainous administrator from 13 who got killed like two scenes in. Yeah. Oh, that's... Please. She didn't get killed two scenes in. It was like four. No, was she got killed one. in like chapter nine, dog. I mean, she was only in, like, two scenes. She was in uh, a flashback with Saz on day 11, or, you know, like, the, the fireworks. And yeah. then she shows up, I think, twi- a lot, a couple of times. Like, in Chapter 8, she shows up, and then in Chapter 9, she dies. And she shows up with Roche a lot. She does show up with Roche, that's true. Then she gets fragged by the Pope. She basically uh, steps up, starts trying to step to the Pope, and dies near immediately. Once she oh, and she has that weird comedy bit with the fucking codes. Oh, yeah, there's okay, yeah, the color right, codes. There's also, like, the, uh, oh, hey, let's see what happens when the Lassie fight. she smashes her glasses, like, five times? Where does she get them all from? Well, she also lets uh, Vanille go after Saz to see, like, how Lassie killed her own for the data, if you remember that. The data! <laughs> yeah, Nabot is basically a she-wesker. Yeah, yeah, for, yeah, no, for sure. Very true. With the world's most impractical boob pocket. Yeah, I I still don't know what's up with that design. Uh, other than lull cleavage. Horny. But no, Horny here's my skin tight suit yeah. with a regular suit over top of it, but the regular suit has boob cutouts. Please listen it's to us really discuss weird. Evangelion in a minute where we will have Dr. Wetsuit. Oh, yep, Dr. Wetsuit. Whatever, Doc! <laughs> Fuck! I just couldn't right. resist. That's true. It's true, to be honest. <laughs> that never gets less weird. I know. I know there's a plot reason. I even justified it in the first episode, but still. I mean, like, l- let's be honest, though. Like, the game set, or sorry, the every before every episode, the teaser for the next one says, oh, there'll be some fan service, too. So, you know, you got to have it in there. They said so. Yeah. <laughs> uh, All right. Anyway, um, uh, Gilgamesh is kind of dope. Gilgamesh is one of the puzzle fights. Mm-hmm. Let's let's actually do this like really quick. We keep getting sidetracked on this. I was yeah, I was just gonna go through these because yeah, I was just, I forgot the five star so, thing. Anyway. Omega's just a really hard boss. Yeah, with no neat mechanics. Omega's your stock super boss. Lightning's fight is you take her on, and when you get her to about half health, Amadar walks in with a chain gun and starts mm-hmm. going. That's not how you do it, soldier. <laughs> and he will begin trying him. to wreck you. I love Amadar. Uh, he he's basically like pulling a uh, oh god, what is his name now? I'm totally blanking. Raven from Metal Gear Solid. Yeah, he's uh, Vulcan Raven. Vulcan pretty Raven, much yeah. exactly, except he's got a smile on his face and he will rip your stagger bar to shreds. And also, probably not Native American or whatever. Yeah, uh, he what could was his be. deal? It's oh, it's hard maybe. to tell in this world. But yes, Vulcan Raven was a weird shaman. He, he likes throwing grenades at you, and also he has got, like, this punch rush that uh, will wreck you if you're not prepared for it. Like, so you have to go into, like, Sentinel, like, or a tortoise uh, paradigm. 
Nevada's neat. She summons a bunch of ads, uh, and then she'll uh, kill them and gain benefits based on what ad type it is. And you can definitely, if you can kill behemoths, but not Nabat, that is the way to beat Nabat, is kill a bunch of behemoths. So when she tries to absorb them, she loses like a quarter of her HP down to like 10%. Nice. Mm. And then you dunk on her. There you go. Altros and Typhon. And for those of you who don't know, Typhon is what they have changed the guy from FF6's name to who did the sneeze. I know he was translated as something different originally. I just watched the speedrun for this yesterday. Oh, the Pogo? Yeah, he's. I forget what it is because it's. I know they referred to him as Chupon in something, and I think that might have been Chupon. what it was. Yeah, Chupon is the what it what it was in the I think the original release. Yeah, and it was, it's it's been Typhon ever since. Yeah. How do you know? No, how do I know what Ogopogo is? Now I have to Google this. Um, it's definitely some boss in that game. I remember that much. Altros plays around with the fourth wall a little bit because he's Altros. He's a gag character. And halfway through the fight, similar to the lightning one, he'll summon Typhon. And then that's when the puzzle starts because he starts getting overpowered and wrecking you. Dude, okay, Ogopogo is Canadian Loch Ness Monster. <laughs> that That's pretty good. <laughs> okay. It was the Typhon of the Ocean. The Typhon of the Ocean. Yeah, no, that's what it was in that game. Alright, so we do all them, blah blah blah, what else is that? We were about to do Gilgamesh. Gilgamesh is kind of a fucking goofball, and I like that. Yeah. Oh, oh, yeah. So Gilgamesh is irritating because of the fact that you can just beat him down, but that doesn't count as a defeat because he's a weird battle puzzle. So Gilgamesh comes out, you know, he's wielding Excalibur, all that. Does You do a few bits of damage to him, and then when you get him down some, he proceeds to draw out all of his other arms with weapons from space and time, including a rocket launcher, assault rifles, and other Does crazy he have the ten sword? Yeah. Like he didn't... Tw- yeah, the ten sword is pretty good. Yeah, he's basically just pulling everything. Uh, a rock cover of Big Bridge starts playing, and that's mm-hmm. when the fight gets mad. Is it just the Black Mages version, which is pretty good? No, I it's a different so. version, and it's on the... Uh, there's a supplementary... Uh, soundtrack which i did not buy but you can find on itunes that has this cover of big bridge but it's it's an official square one i don't think it's black mages the big thing is the fact that you need to stagger him like crazy but what you need to be doing is saboteur the whole time because of the fact that he's going to stall you out or try and knock you out of things and you need to hit him harder than he hits you Mm-hmm. So is this better or worse than 12 Gilgamesh, which is my favorite Gilgamesh? It's worse. Okay. 12 Gilgamesh is really fucking good. Poo-poo's in the UFO. I fucking forget, man. This fight is so forgettable to me. No, this is the one where they're just like super medics and you have to wound a lot. Yeah, that's my point. There's nothing really interesting to the fight because it's just halfway through they get in the UFO. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. And then you fight, is this real snow or fake snow? This is real snow. Real snow? Original design snow? Yeah, he said, there's there's a very good intro that I thought was very funny, but I forget why it was funny, because it's been like two months now. Because it's basically a husband and wife shit-talking each other with weapons. (laughs) And then he just punches her in the face! Yeah! (laughs) Pretty much. (laughs) 
Uh, yeah, this couple is the absolute worst, and yet, as I've said before, the Lightning Sarah Snow trilogy is perfect because, as an older sibling, I have met so many Snows, the dirtbags my younger sister dated. Yeah, but like they don't expand upon it after thirteen, right? Not no. really. Nope. Snow turns into the cocaine guy from Alpha Protocol. Yeah, I can't wait to play this game and figure out what the hell you guys are talking about. Oh, by the You're way, you're gonna I, see it five minutes in, which is the best part. Okay, okay, that's cool. so good. Okay, cool. He's got the nicest button up in the world. By the way, that cover of Clash on Big Bridge in this game was done by a trio called Yui. Huh. I don't know who they are, but uh, they have a page that's in Japanese that I can't read. Well, it's okay. They got in the robot. <laughs> <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> don't make that joke. He doesn't even get that yet. I mean, yeah, is, is, true. Is it, isn't the whole thing with uh, what's his name that he wouldn't get get in the robot Shinji? Isn't that the joke? Yeah. yeah, don't worry about it. OK, don't worry about it. OK, you'll like that joke one day. Yeah. <sighs> OK. And then you fight the Arbiter of Time, who has a really dumb name and looks like Ten Omega. Valfador. And yeah, he's he's just the story boss for the Coliseum DLC. Ta-da. He, he, he kind of sucks. He looks kind of like a judge. Yeah, it's not a good fight. It's another lame, straight-up fight. Yeah. Some shit happens with Snow in here. He has a story somehow. Yeah. What's that about? It sounds like it's about nothing since your answer was, yeah. <laughs> I did it once because Valfoder's not a dude you really want to have in your party, and I've forgotten it. It was years ago when I did this. Okay. Yeah. That's the arena! The Coliseum DLC is incredibly underbaked, and in fact is easily the most so, unless you love the battle mechanics. I don't know, dude. Casino's really bad. It has one good idea and a great card game. Okay, what's the one good idea in the Coliseum DLC? It's the intro cutscene. <laughs> Fair. That, and it's a really good idea. Yeah, I can give you that. They even have the fucking flaming title cards. What do you want? Oh yeah, that the title cards are so good. good. The title cards yeah. are good. Yeah, look oh, yeah. up. Look. I'm not saying it doesn't have style. It's just like, uh, this this DLC is very look. content free. It's best style. <laughs> That's true. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, Chocolina also like sells like stupid overpowered weapons that'll make your current weapons look like garbage. But they're Wait, what? very expensive. Does she sell shit better than the chaos weapons? Yeah. So like I have the chaos weapons at like 130 or 140 fragments. And uh-huh. the two weapons you can get, they're like 145,000 gil each. But they're, Fuck that. but they're like double stats. Okay. Yeah. So they're very strong. Yeah. They're pretty good. If you want to really break the game. I mean, at this point, like, why would you not want to break the game? You're playing DLC. Like you're paying for these stupid hard bosses. Why are JRPGs so fucking stupid about that kind of thing? What is the point of when I do the hardest thing, here's the best weapon where you have nothing to kill with it? Okay, so here's the game you want for that. The Last Remnant. Because here is how they handle it. Is that the one with, like, shitty C-tier Noctis lookalike in it? Uh, Maybe. There's a lot of characters in The Last Remnant. Here's why you want The Last Remnant for that. The final boss scales on how much of the game's content you have done, and if you do one, oh hell yeah! And if you do one hundred percent, he actually unlocks a super form. Fuck, that sounds awesome! Yeah, it's a very good mechanic, and it's basically like, hey, the more side stuff you want to do, the more will scale the challenge for you. Oh, like that one boss in fucking Lightning Returns that we're going to talk about a lot. Yep, mm-hmm. except without being such a bastard. 
I want to do that last so bad, but I know you already said no. If you guys both want to do that last, okay. I will save it for last. Okay, let's Matt. do it. Let's do okay. it. Okay. Caius is the most narratively satisfying boss. All right. All right. We're but going his difficulty scales with how late in the game you do it. Mm-hmm. And if you're me and you do him on the last day, it is very, very hard. All right. Well, let's do it. All right. We will do final Caius. Let's do like day 11 Caius. Okay. Unless there's like some day 12 shit. Because I I do not like the idea that because Matt is bad at video <laughs> games, as we have demonstrated repeatedly, <laughs> that Matt would be suddenly be unable to beat the game on day 12. Hey, Matt, are you playing on PC? No, I have. Uh, I, I'm playing on PS3. Okay. Play Lightning be, Returns on the PC. That would be harder for me to give you a cheat engine file. Uh, what? No, I'm not going to do that. I, I keep forgetting. I, I keep for. I'm a gamer. Damn it. I'm supposed oh, to have my dude. pride. No, Kidding. I could loan you a PS3 long. Game Shark. Ooh, they have. Yeah, those? okay, that would be good. Well, we'll talk it about it. Later. We'll talk about this off off cast. Yeah, you should do that. You should do that. <laughs> yeah, I I have cheat devices for everything. Because otherwise, you Majora's mask it all the way back to day one and play the game again. It yeah, will figure it out if it comes up. Does it auto save? Hell yeah. Okay, um, so is there any way, you, like, if you know you screwed up, like you drop a save and then you like re- go back and try again, or is that possible? One hundred percent. Okay. Unless you're me and you do that with the last boss on day 13 past the point of no return. And that's the only save in your Steam Cloud saves. That's a bad idea. <laughs> Which is the only reason I'm not doing New Game Plus. Worlds collide and people fade. Seeking gates through timelines. We've all brave. Let's fix the past. Trade it now to see. This must break. This is the path I must take. My destiny may change your fate. The pain my heart feels is my strength. Hello, Lightning Strikes Strike. Listeners, thanks for listening to Lightning Strikes Strike. But did you know that the Pitch Drop Network has new show on the way? It's called Boku no Stop, and we'll be rewatching and discussing anime, starting with Neon Genesis Evangelion. The first episode will release on September 30th, but you can and should subscribe right now in the podcatcher of your choice. And don't forget, there will be plenty of answers along the way. So we get a cutscene. Saz is in the in the uh, Serendipity Casino where he flips a coin and then time stops. He wonders how did he get there. We flash back to Saz flying with Dodge. Dodge wakes up, says something is coming. Alarms go off, and then a time portal appears in front of the ship. Back at the casino, 
the sunglass wearing owner approaches Saz, who seems to be unaffected by the time freeze earlier. And he tells Saz that he is neither alive nor dead. And then the owner says that in order for Saz to see Dodge again, he must win at gambling. And then time unfreezes and the coin lands. Yeah, time unfreezes. Saz flips the coin again to check his fate, you know, heads or tails. Unfortunately, it comes up Chocobo, which is a little weird, and his Frocobo arrives. Mm-hmm. Saz goes, boy, I wish you were my son, Frocobo. And then it starts pecking at him. <laughs> I'm both really amused and really angry about that, for the record. Uh... I'm not saying Chickabo. Frocobo is much better. It is. I think this is a Graham original, and I've hated it every time. <laughs> Chickabo? No, it's a real thing. No, oh, no, that's even worse. No, it's it's a real thing. Uh, I was uh, uh, I think it's in Final Fantasy VIII. Pretty certain. Okay, gotcha. The owner explains that in order to win back Dodge, oh boy. No, that's not a. There's there's some really bad racial overtones that when you have to win back this person's son. It's Look, uh, let's not ooh, even yeah. talk about the fact that the only character who lost their kid repeatedly is the black single dad. <laughs> who, well, he's who the only has dad. to win money to purchase their son back? I mean, yeah. this son- oh god, Sans and, and is like- a great character, but he has a lot of <laughs> uncomfortable overtones. And look, and people Thanks, gave <laughs> Square Enix that didn't occur to me until just now. And people g- give Cuphead shit. Yeah, what? <laughs> and people <laughs> give Cuphead, Cuphead shit, shit for being racist. Yeah, for- yeah, you don't have to buy back your son. No, just your Cuphead. soul. <laughs> All right. The owner explains that in order to win back Dodge, Saz must accumulate a certain number of fortune medals, which you can only get through gambling, a thing that black people do, apparently. The owner hands Saz a starting amount of coins. So you're basically stuck just in this one room of the uh, Serendipity Casino. If the player goes over to the Fragment Skills Hut... Wait, oh, oh, I didn't realize you could leave. I thought you'd just leave. Yeah, Yeah, me neither. Okay. I didn't I didn't try to leave either. Yeah, you're in the whole park. Okay, I just I never left the room. So Saz is in the casino park of the Serendipity. If you go and check out the uh hut where the fragment skills lady is, uh Chocolina is there. And she claims to know Saz, but Saz does not know what she means by that. And Chocolina sends him on a quest to collect a bunch of missing Chocobo chicks or Chickabos. Each one of them has a specific requirement to tame, including one which requires Saz to tell it it's pretty. So it's because all of these chocobos are loosely based on a sin of, like, pride, sloth, etc. Fair. What the fuck? It's pretty heavy for tiny chickens. Yeah, you didn't notice that? No, I didn't leave the room either! (laughs) (laughs) Uh... Anyway. Which is why that was just the most baffling thing I've ever heard. So that means that if we hadn't told you, you wouldn't know about the Chocolina reveal? Because that's for this quest. I mean, someone spoiled it for me, that's why. (laughs) I knew about it because I've played Lightning Returns, which, boy, if if you miss this quest, that is just, what the hell? Yeah. Huh. All right. All right. Yeah. So, yeah, uh, you rescue the chicks and Chocolina goes, hi, I live in your afro. And Saz goes, oh, yeah, I recognize you. You're the only one who shit talks me, pecker face. <laughs> okay. Because uh, wow. she pecked him in the face with the start of this uh-huh. DLC. No. Yeah, that's like the only thing the Chocobo does. Yeah. 
So after you get it, there's a bunch of gambling here. After you get enough fortune medals, let's talk Saz's, about Chronobind. Let's talk about it after in a second. Let's just All fucking right, finish I the don't... only narrative thing there is. <laughs> well, I just yeah. noticed it's not in the notes. That's why. Yeah, we're gonna talk about it's a really. It's the only point. We... <laughs> go 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 go. Do the thing. <sighs> after getting enough fortune medals, Saz is freed from the shackles of Normal. What the fuck is that? Oh, okay. God damn it, Graham. <laughs> After getting enough fortune medals, the owner tells Saz that he has been freed from the shackles of normality. Dodge reappears and Saz and... Wait, is it normalcy? I don't fucking know. This <laughs> is whole that reality is just, and norm- did normalcy I write this? and reality? <laughs> okay. After getting enough fortune medals, the owner appears and tells Saz he has been freed from the shackles of normalcy. Dodge reappears and they are reunited. The owner shows a display, like, throws a million coins into the air. He, like, snaps and they all rain down on the table, but they all come up tails. And the owner explains that the possibility of the coin coming up heads has been deleted from the world. This spells certain doom, but the owner does not seem to care. And to test his luck, Saz flips a coin and it comes up Chocobo again. And that's the end. This is the only good narrative idea in this DLC is that as Sarah and Noel are traversing the timeline and, like, correcting paradoxes, the number of possibilities in the future is collapsing down, and that's a cool way to articulate that idea. It's the only good idea in this DLC. Also, like, the, the visuals of both of those cutscenes are, well, at least, like, that first one, and then also all the coins dropping is very neat. No, it's fucking good. It's very oh, good. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of good style to this one, and the bonkers Chocolina reveal if you only get one piece of DLC, make it this one. But it's definitely not good, especially in that this is literally the only time Saz shows up until the end game if mm-hmm. you have the base game. So also, Ugh. I just double-checked. Uh, it is normality is the phrase he uses. <laughs> that's so bad. It's so bad. That's, that's really bad. Uh, also, maybe don't use the, the phrase freed from the shackles. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah. I mean, I guess. Sure. After you just bought your son's freedom, like I say, this character has some uncomfortable overtones. Even though you know he what? is still the best character, maybe Square mm-hmm. Enix should make games where everyone is white. That is my big takeaway from this podcast so far. Mm. Counterpoint: If they did that, we wouldn't have near Automata. What? No, that. That is objectively not true. They're both white in that game. No, the leads are. That's a different story. I I guess uh, what's her name? Uh, the, the the resistance leader is probably a person of color. Dingo or whatever. Jackal. There not, we go. There's, not there's a lot of diversity through the cast. Is what I'm saying. The one that, sure. that one the one that knows a two from the past. I forget her name. Anemone. Anemone. That one. Good pull. So. In this DLC, there's a dope card game called Chronobind, which is the best minigame in the series. Uh, it's good. It is the best minigame in the series. It's pretty good. I don't know if it has in the actual series. strategy that does not involve grinding a million years for good <laughs> cards. It is a bit luck based, I found. And sometimes like, OK, it's let's a let- gambling game. I mean, sure. But like, it's let's are we going to try to describe the rules of this game or at least the, the basic premise? Because it's kind of hard in an audio medium. It's not. OK. Is it? All right. Well, l- let's try that anyway. So you have four players. You start uh-huh. with a certain amount of cash. 
And the presentation for Saz is very good, by the way, where oh. he gets like fucking devil eyes and fire and shit. Or like when, when you, when you when lose you real roll bad, really hard. Yeah. When you root, like lose by like one spot, then like he gets like zapped. It's very funny. Uh, or you get the fucking the actual just glint mark on his teeth is incredible. <laughs> That's also very good. <laughs> yeah. They, they, uh, so so you have this. It looks like a roulette board, but it's really just it, it's like a, it's it's a, a clock. clock. It goes to 13 like all regular clocks. Right. And so there's a, you know, ace, two, three, four, five. It, they're all the spots you would think. A king is technically the 13th spot. And the idea is you get given a set of like a hand of, was it five cards, six cards? And uh, uh-huh. six. you go you go to play a card. And that makes the uh, if you have either the highest numbered card or. Well, there's the, you either have the highest number card the card equivalent to the spot that the hand is on or an or ace. an ace when somebody is matching the clock's current position. Yeah. That's like the Trump card. If someone plays like the whatever and whoever wins the clock hands move the equivalent of that card's number of spaces in either direction. And every time it crosses or lands on 13, it charges up the, the pot, which means it basically doubles what's in the pot. And then after that, each spot it on, but it doesn't double the pot. Or does it, it? It increases. It increases all of the stacks around because you still only cash out on whatever spot you're on, right? No, but I mean like each bind level. There, there are four. There are four basically oh, charges. Yeah, yeah, right? okay. Yeah. So it like, increases it, the multiplier. It increases the ante. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. And so. This game is fucking good. Yeah. So and every for every card that gets played, they add a what they call a bind to that one so like if if somebody put in a four then there was a one bind on the four so when the hand lands if you win a hand and it land you get it to land on the four you cash out at the one bind level which is the lowest amount and it goes up to four and the thing is every time you cash out you're drawing that money from the other three players the goal of the game is trying to bankrupt one of the players while having the largest stack because then you get a huge bonus yeah and then you just basically keep playing around trying to get high binds and trying to outthink the AI or like, you know, gamble on whether or not someone's going to play an ace. You know, it's it's a fun minigame. It takes a little while for you to get your head around. All right. Here's the real strategy is for the first two rounds, you throw out all of your lowest cost cards, no matter what they are. And the only cards you really want to keep are queens and aces. Queens? I guess I could see that. Yeah, because it's one step over. Yeah. Yeah. That's the actual strategy. Yeah, because like the one thing is, you know, a king is like unless someone plays like the specific spot card, like if you play a king, it circles back around. But chances are you're not going to be able to cash out when you do that. Yeah. So like you're you're just trying to figure out the best way to win the hand and then land on a spot that has a high bind number on it. And the thing is, right. you can get you can get in situations where the whole board gets really loaded up and then you get unlucky in one draw and then you end up losing a shit ton of money. It's it's almost like you're gambling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's very good. Yeah, no, it's it it's a fun game. Like the first time I I went to like a 10,000, I, I did this a lot to get coins for buying the wild artifact you need to buy in the regular oh, game. No, which I did. You know what? Because I'm on the PC version and I had to beat the game before I got this, I got all of those by just dumping Gil in there at a, like a hundred to one conversion rate. That's real dumb. <laughs> That's where all my money went for almost the whole game was oh, into the casino for, to buy chips. You get so little money in this game, too. That's a real bummer. 
but anyway, the uh, yeah, so I, I played this game a bunch. And like the first time I got like there's a there's a there's a thousand by level, there's a ten thousand and then there's a hundred thousand. I don't know why you would need a hundred thousand because chances are if you were the thing you were doing. No, because it only cost ten thousand. Uh, well, to, to because it artifact. also increased it. It increases the amount you put down on each spot. Right, right. So, like, I, I started at a thousand. I ended up working up to ten thousand dollar, ten thousand gil games. Like the first time I played ten thousand, I got like four binded four times in a row, and <laughs> I was like, "Nope." I shut off the game and opened it up again. Uh, you can also just play fucking hold 'em, but why would you do that when this is here? Or you could just play hold 'em. But I don't know why you'd want to play hold 'em. <laughs> oh, I thought you said just play hold 'em, and I'm like, what is wrong with you? Oh no, no. Chrono Bind is definitely the fastest and the most interesting way to play the game. The thing I don't like about Chronobine is the song they chose to play while playing it is not my favorite. Isn't it the fucking boss theme from 13? Uh, it's one of them. It's definitely a battle theme. I forget which one, though, but it's not one that I find very interesting to listen to on repeat for hours. Or like two hours. Nope. So like just my wife did. <laughs> while she was in the room, she was very angry about it. So turn the sound uh, down. I caught hell about taping down the controller button to get, you know. All the slot machine stuff. <laughs> oh, God. That's yeah. why you turn the sound down and listen to podcasts while you do this. Oh, I absolutely didn't watch the TV while that happened. Oh, please. I listened to podcasts while having the sound on and making my wife listen to it. <laughs> okay, that's that's like a that's like sonic torture though, having to listen to two <laughs> things at once. That's infuriating. Jesus. Yeah, no, that's what we did at Guantanamo. Oh my god. And on that note, let's go on to Lightning's DLC. <laughs> Yay, it's only slightly better wow. than Guantanamo. <laughs> a little bit. I actually don't, hate, right. I don't hate this. I, it's not great. I thought I you were going to say I don't hate Guantanamo. <laughs> Who do you think I am, Chris? Who do you think I am? <laughs> so, Lightning and Kaios start this DLC in a duel. It's the one from the start of the game. Lightning sees Saris get caught in Academia... She's croaking, blah, 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 and Caius jacks her because she's distracted. So she gets swallowed by chaos and sucked into the ground. Lightning gets to the void beyond where you have the throne of Etro, which, again, Etro is the worst. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yule starts narrating to Lightning and telling her, Sarah is a Yule. That also means that Sarah's going to die because the world is ending. Sarah is just... Hovering above the throne, crying. Spoilers, if you haven't beaten the game yet. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. I think this one is solely why some of the DLC doesn't unlock until endgame. That would make sense. Blah, blah, blah. Anyway, uh, Sarah is just there floating in midair, crying black tears, and Caius appears and fights you. That's it. That's the whole DLC is this fight. Yep. Okay. So mechanically, it's cool. Right? Oh, yeah. Sure. So... The idea is you're going to fight Caius a lot because it's in 13-2 and that's all you do is fight Caius a lot. But uh, you ha you start out with three paradigms and you're at like level one and mm -hmm. you're supposed to lose. And you're going to run this fight repeatedly. You get CP regardless of whether you win or lose more based on how far you made it and how fast you made it that far. Mm -hmm. And as you level up, you get new paradigms, new abilities in your paradigms, better stats. And till you eventually win, and if you win with five stars, then you get the cutscene, which we should talk about now before we talk about everything else, if there's anything to talk about. Well, I was just going to talk about, like, the actual fight. 
I mean, we could. I mean, that's all there is. You want to spoil this DLC? I mean, it's. <laughs> I mean, it's basically right. like you know, Caius has three paradigms that he switches between, and the most obnoxious one is the healing one, where he's healing himself and then buffs himself so he can't take a lot of damage, and you're just trying to knock him into the air. And essentially, it wants you to take advantage of you really should be taking advantage of that ATB charge thing where you like every 10 seconds or so you want to be switching paradigms because you have two paradigms that are basically ravagers. You have like a a spell strike ravager that does wind damage or, you know, wind elemental and what's called mage, which is uh, lightning elemental. And for the first half, it doesn't matter which one you use, although I think the later wind skills like build up the meter more quickly but you're basically just trying to, to rush the guy down and and if it helps it on lower level to do as much wound damage as possible because like i so I, I beat this on level three the first time i want to say or like level oh, four. i beat this on level one i beat this the first try <laughs> yeah no it's tough well the thing is you also have a, a knight class uh you have no healing except for items you get five potions and an elixir and that's it and there's a knight paradigm which is basically sentinel but it's one move is called like immortality and you negate every single piece of damage. So, yep. Yeah. The the one thing that I got, I found a little tricky though, is that like during his Ravenger paradigm, he attacks so quickly that I'm switching to like, I do two attacks and then I switch to night and then I do two attacks. Then I switch to night. There just isn't a lot of time to not be taking damage during his Ravenger phase. He's very aggressive. Here's what you do, Matt. You're, if you're smart, you press circle when your ATB is charged and you have one ability left. That mm-hmm. way you always have one ATB segment to use immortality. You can never be caught with your pants down. Well, the problem is I would I'd be a knight being attacked. And as soon as he's done attacking, I would, you know, switch as fast as possible. Try to do two attacks and then switch back to knight because I'm already getting attacked again. Like it's it's very uh-huh. tight. Like I, I, I feel like at lower level, yes. like I would have to figure out a different rhythm in order to make sure I don't just lose health at a rate that'll just no that's the one you just have to be you just have to be really on it (laughs) yeah it's a tough fight like i'm not gonna lie it took 25 minutes yeah it took me 26 five stars somehow though i beat it at level like three or four i had 26 minutes on the clock and i got zero stars (laughs) the first time i I beat kaya's because your time goes down as you level up right like it gave it said hey do this in 35 minutes was my target time the target time was like 19 when i did it I was like over by a a fair bit but yeah like every time like I don't even know it's amazing to me that when you get to well once you beat Caius at a fast enough rate you end up fighting uh, guess what Chaos Bahamut which is basically a very similar fight except he you know he does different attacks and becomes immune to one or the other element so you can't just always rely on switching between your two uh, Ravager paradigms essentially well, yeah, you just switch over to. So when he became immune to lightning, I would just switch over to commando, which yeah, just maintain that bar. Yeah. So anyway, it's otherwise a pretty normal fight. He does a mega flare. You want to be invincible when he does that. It's not a whole lot to write home about, but you can level up to ten. Uh, 10. And I think after you beat him the first time, you get enough CP to become level 10 immediately. And then you can like adjust your difficulty and fight again if you want. And I, I think you need I I had to beat him for, at five stars at level nine to get this version of lightning in my party where she's a she's a commando. I got it right away. This DLC, I was very surprised when I beat the fight the first time and then it was over and I had here's this new character. The end. 
Yeah. It, I mean, it's not that much better if you have to do the fight four or five times. You can also set it to level zero, which is even slower as okay. a challenge if you want, but uh, don't. I I don't. I don't. <laughs> it's hard enough yeah. in level one anyway. Okay, but then you get the real ending of the game. Yes, then you get the real ending. Kinda. It's supplemental. I like the original ending, for the record. Same. I don't know why people are mad about this being in DLC, because it does not add a lot. It doesn't really add anything other than... Well, I guess we'll talk about it. it it's Lightning Returns prologue, but anyhow. Yeah. Lightning yells at the Yule Ghost... They tell her, you know, it's your fault Sarah died, and Lightning then motivates the fact that this whole thing comes down to Etro screwed up time by pulling her out of crystal sleep. So God, Etro is such a bumblefuck. Yes. Mm -hmm. The entire game comes from Etro having good intentions once again and pissing it down her leg. Mm -hmm. As a result, chaos is encroaching on all of humanity and everything has gone (laughs) to shit. Because sorry, of the I fact, thought, oh. I thought of the joke. As a result, the world dies from its jellyfish sting when Etro can't aim. God, mm. <laughs> you know that's kind of what chaos is—just a big jellyfish sting on the void of life. Sure. No, this was related to you saying she pisses it down her leg. Oh, I know exactly what it was related to. <laughs> I was just going to try and keep this from being the wizard comic. I don't know what that is. Oh, you've never seen Casey Green's Wizard? No. no. I know what's going in the show notes. <laughs> okay. Okay, fair. So you know what I'm going to be doing instead of paying attention. So when we have to read and it's my turn and I don't, you know what's going on. You're it's next, your turn Chris. right now, so. You're next. Oh, damn it! <laughs> uh, okay. So anyway, finish what you're saying. Watch. Yeah. No, that was it. I got it. You know, that's it. Okay. That's all there is. Fall. Yeah, all I'm right. saying. That's Matt. Okay, so Lightning cries about how Sarah died in the Void Beyond. There's another Sarah sitting on the throne. She says she has no regrets about killing herself, which we know because she knew that and continued to do it anyway. There are some cutscenes where they talk about how much they love each other. Lightning does not stop talking the whole time, and it's bad. Then Lightning sits down on the Crystal Throne, gets some, like, gold body spray, and that's it. And she says she will maintain the memory of Sarah forever in tribute, and then just fucking goes into crystal and that's it yeah by the way note that sarah gave no fucks about snow when she made this decision to to save everyone and die essentially or yeah, be no stuck one gives a fuck about snow. no one gives a fuck about snow it's very funny it's like hey didn't you have a fiat you know what who cares it's, it wasn't that important anyway yep and like also this this whole scene where they're floating together and they're uh, like hugging or what, like it looks like Sarah's about to poke her eye out on that little like winged thing sticking off of uh, her chest piece. <laughs> Did you notice that? Yes. Uh, yeah. Oh my god. And th- thank God these two are sisters because goddamn, like imagine I, the art. Ugh. I I <laughs> imagine the tumblers hated this because I'm just like lightning. Please stop. <laughs>
Okay, does anybody have any thoughts about what we just talked about? Or thoughts you did not get out about Final Fantasy thirteen two? Speak now or forever hold your peace. What, you wanna go oh, I've first? been holding my piss. <laughs> Matt! <laughs> <laughs> Man, okay, well, DLC stuff, not worth it. I mean, don't basically buy, the don't only... Don't buy any of it. I would say, it comes like, with it at free least... on PC. Oh, yeah, if you get have it for don't free. Don't play any of it. Well, I would say, you know, play, play Chrono Bind so that you can get coins quickly. Maybe do the lightning one so you can just run around with lightning and crush stuff if you have to. But that, I Hi, mean, I'm lightning uh, and I'm going to be in your party. We're going to destroy everyone. Hey, Sarah, girl pals. Wait, can you make lightning wear the lightning mask? Yes. yes. <laughs> I'm not sure if that's better or worse than making lightning wear the Sarah mask, because I like the narcissistic implications of Sarah goes, wear this, and it's a mask of her. That's no, that good. means that lightning is secretly a wrestler. Have you never seen Sting take off the Sting mask? I don't know, because wrestling is just anime for white trash. And I already have a regular anime. <laughs> I'm just saying lightning is secretly WCW. I don't know what that is. I know what that is, but I also don't know much about wrestling. <laughs> okay. I also got the wrong federation, so someone's going to get really mad at me. It was TNA. All of my wrestling knowledge comes from listening to All Systems Goku. Fair. I don't know what that is. Jeff Gersman and Dan Riker are... Both people who don't know anything about anime are watching and recapping Dragon Ball Z Kai. Oof. It's very good. Poor Jeff and poor Dan. They're enjoying it, actually. Yeah, poor anyone who watches any Dragon Ball Z past the year, like, 2000. Ugh. Well, anyway, as for, like, the main... So I think we're done here. Uh, I mean, I yeah. was gonna just say, like, oh, since we're yeah, for doing it. final wrap-ups on the Come game. on, take me to Valhalla, Matt. Let's get out of here. <laughs> No, I just, I, I, I think like... Oh no, that's actually a thing in the game! <laughs> yeah! <laughs> ah, ah, ah. You're gonna be stuck in this space outside of time forever. Oh no, he paradox ended the podcast again. Oh no! Help me, I am in hell. <laughs> uh, no, no, it's just Havana. I don't know what you're talking about, hell. Uh, <laughs> wow. Uh, Matt's got some opinions. No, that's Damn. a deep cut because it, it was designed after how... Remember in the Tell first episode? Tell me more about the state of Venezuela. <laughs> Ah, that's a totally different. You know what? You know what? You know yeah, what? Yeah, I know no. they're different. I know they're different countries. You know what? I didn't know if you did. You were sandbagging. No, no, don't worry about it. No, it's because it was based. The art was based off of uh, pictures of. No, Havana. I know. Anyway. Please end the podcast. Ah! No, uh, anyway. Yeah, thirteen two. It's just like the the more I look back on it, the more I feel like I could have done a whole lot more. But like, I didn't hate it at the time, or like, I en- I enjoyed playing it. I think it's like definitely tighter than thirteen. I just. A lot of it just feels like, why did this happen? (laughs) Okay, look. A woman who had, like, 30 natural births is tighter than Final Fantasy XIII. Fair. Also, unfortunate. (laughs) Unfortunate. Unfortunately true. I'm I'm sorry, I'm just trying to think about the timetable on that. Good God. (laughs) Yeah, that that gets a little uncomfortable, actually. Medieval Europe was a different time. You got started early. I think 30 was high, even for medieval Europe. (laughs) I'm now going to look up most births. Medieval European Mormons. Oh, yeah, that that would... Well, no, but then that ruins the joke, because it's not the same person. Holy shit. Uh, well, the greatest officially recorded number of children born to one mother is 69, nice, to the wife of (laughs) Theodore Theodore Vasiliev, a peasant from Russia. 
In 27 confinement, she gave birth to 16 pairs of twins, seven sets of triplets, and four sets of quadruplets. Okay, that's less worse than saying she started young and then just kept going. <laughs> that's what I thought it was going to be. Wow! I I almost admitted to being really dumb. I said, they don't all come out at once, do they? <laughs> wow. Uh, just for the same time. The woman isn't a puppy, Chris. <laughs> I'm going to have to put all of this into outtakes. This is ridiculous. This is too much. <laughs> okay, yeah. In, in retrospect, this episode made me like Final Fantasy 13 too less, but it's still pretty good. Yeah, it's, it's still good fine. It's fine. So you should play it. Don't play any of the DLCs. Have a great time. Yeah. Here's the thing. If we're already getting this salty about the games that are flawed but fun, what's going to happen when we start getting into games like Xenosaga? Oh, I'm so excited. Oh, man. Dude, I read a fucking plot summary, which was also 12 paragraphs, and boy, is that shit wild. Uh, oh, yeah. I watched all of the, the cutscenes, like, earlier this year, like, a couple months ago from the first Oh, game. my God. It's, like, four hours long. I still have the pre-order DVD for two that it turns one into a movie. Oh, that's right. How long is that? I forgot about that. It's about that. 90 minutes. I was gonna say, that's... Okay, that's that's a lot shorter than actually watching the cutscenes, because the actual oh, cutscenes yeah. are four hours long. Yeah, they edit a lot. I remember my defining memory of Xenosaga, other than that, Xenosaga 2 was bad and weird, oh. and I hated their... What is her name? Momo? Momo. Momo. Yeah. I hated her new voice a lot, and the music was awful, but thankfully it was only 12 hours. That's so, it. So, Xenosaga 3 is dope, Xenosaga 2 is bad, with an interesting combat system. And then, uh, Xenosaga 1 is there. One of the first cutscenes you can get in Xenosaga 1 is so long that you save in the middle of it three times. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. It's like the first big cutscene, I think, right after you meet the robot, it's like three hours. We could do an entire episode on that cutscene. Do you want you to? You know what? <laughs> we probably, we probably will. Yeah. I know. I know. I'm very excited to talk about Xenosaga. Oh, boy. Oh. As I find the copies of the game again, I'm definitely going, oh, what have I gotten myself into? I already I'm have probably them. just going to download some ROMs because I just nuked my computer and accidentally deleted all of the ROMs in my BIOS that I painfully dumped. Oh, no, I still have a PS2 hooked up. Me too. Yep, I have the whole trilogy <laughs> on disc. If for some reason after this episode you still want to, you can get in touch with us via Twitter or Facebook at LightXThrice. Thanks for being derelict in your duties, Matt. You didn't let me finish. We were talking about Xenosaga. You can listen to my other podcast on the <laughs> network, Magmar Sucks. Why would you want to? We are stack ranking Pokemon based on how interesting they are. Do you guys have anything to share with the other listeners? By the time this comes out, we could probably mention Boku no Stop. Probably be halfway through by the time we're done. Yeah. By the time this is out, this doesn't come out for like fucking a month and a half. Yeah, I will definitely have the episode edited by then. Yeah, <laughs> that's it for me, though. That's all until next time in two weeks when we'll be talking about mechanics and generalities for Lightning Returns Final Fantasy 13 because they did not want to call it Final Fantasy 13 3. <laughs> <laughs>
This podcast was brought to you by the Pitch Drop Podcast Network. Like what you just heard? Support the show by going to patreon.com forward slash pitch drop. And while you're at it, check out pitchdrop.net for more of this and other shows.